Hello fellow Redbirds, welcome to Bird Fans Forever podcast number 31. If you're new to our channel, you should check out our at Bird Fans Forever Twitter account and follow to get our first notice of new videos that we publish. You can follow along there also for new for other information and fun polls. Our website is www.birdfansforever.com and on there you can find our links to all episodes of our podcast across many different apps, Apple, Google, Spotify, and others, as well as a tab to access our videos on YouTube, where we are also called Bird Fans Forever. So dunk on the YouTube subscribe button and follow us on Twitter so you'll be the first to see new episodes and get other fun information from us. Our guest for today is Sean Jepson, who played for the Illinois State Redbirds from 1998 to 2002. We'll be right back with Sean. And this is episode 31 with Sean Jepson. So, Sean scored 1,160 points in his career at Illinois State from 1998 to 2002. He played four years. He is fourth all-time three-point percentage shooter at 42.8%. He is fourth all-time free-throw percentage shooter at 85.1%. He scored 27 points against Wichita State. Sean, how you doing, big I man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys, and uh, it's been a long time. Uh, looking forward to chatting for a little bit. Yep, love it, love it. So I've got to know Sean through the alumni stuff we've done. Uh, I got a couple good alumni shots of him with his teammates, uh, Chad and Strandmark. Um, and so uh, we usually start with how'd you get the ice shoot, but this time we're going to want to talk about since I insulted you, we want to talk about <laughs> your high school. And getting to the the championship game four times in high school, yeah. so let's let's go. Yeah, again. absolutely. So, uh, uh, you know, we were chatting a little bit beforehand, but basically, you know, we had a nice run there in high school. We we were fortunate. We had a, a about three or four years in a row where we had some really nice classes put together. And uh, fortunately for my class, my particular senior class, once we were seniors, you know, we we were fortunate enough to make it not only once, but twice in football and basketball down to the state championship game. So um, just a cool experience overall, you know, gave us a lot of memories, stuff that we still talk about to this day with our friends and our buddies and family members. And, uh, you know, just overall, it, it gives you, you know, the experiences that, you know, last a lifetime. And uh, fortunately for me, you know, the basketball side of things, it really opened up some eyes and uh you know i had a couple of nice games down at the state tournament my junior year so um you know the recruiting trail kind of popped wide open right after that and then my senior year was just kind of like an encore so um you know so, so sean let's talk about nice games your definition of nice games. <laughs> the, the the championship game you scored 51 points yes, sir. right so I think my senior year, I scored 51 points the whole season. So yeah, 50, 51 points is pretty good, especially in the championship yeah. game. And, and that game went into overtime. Yeah. So talk about that. I mean, were you just in the zone? Like, did you just feel like everything was going to go yeah, in? Yeah, you know, what? I mean, leading up to that, the tournament was set up a little bit different back when I was in high school. We had the back-to-back -back days um, where we went down yeah. Friday night. That was the Elite Eight. And then Saturday, you played either the third-place game or the championship, depending on how you did in the first game. And, uh, you know, that, that first game, we had a little bit of nerves like anybody does. Um, we, we snuck out with a, a victory that first year when I was a junior year. And, um, you know, going into that second game, I think we ended up playing uh, normal U-High from down there, actually. And they had, a, they had a hell of a team. They had Jeremy Stanton and a couple guys. Uh, I think Hubbard was on the team, a couple guys that ended up playing in college. 
And uh, I had a nice game against them. I can't remember exactly how many I had. It was upper 20s. And then, uh, you know, just leading into that championship game, we had a ton of momentum. Our confidence was up. I believe U-High might have been top two or three in the state at the time. And uh, just, you know, confidence booster beating those guys going into uh, that night game. And as far as that game goes, it's hard to describe. It really is. I mean, I came out and I believe I hit like maybe my first four or five shots. And it was one of those things where, yeah, it is like kind of being in a zone in a sense. And then you get fouled and you make some free throws. And before you know it, you know, I wasn't even really paying attention to to, to be honest. I didn't know what I had. Um, you know, 20-some points a half. You know, four or five threes, didn't miss a free throw, I don't think, until maybe like later in the game, uh, you know, set some records throughout the course of the tournament. And uh, it was just cool, man. It was, you could feel it, but you didn't really know it was, you know, a happening, so to speak. And then, uh, you know, once overtime hit and I kind of glanced up at one point, I think I saw like 42 or 43 points and I was like, darn, <laughs> you know, like we're right there, you know, it's, yeah. it's going to be uh, right. all we can take to, to get to the you know, the championship, but, uh, you know, we had some guys fall out in that game, unfortunately. So it just kind of spilled over to me where I had the hot hand and, you know, it, it just ended up at that 51. It was, uh, it was pretty crazy to be honest. I, even after the game, it was hard to, to really fathom that that's what I ended with. But, um, you know, unfortunately we had a loss in that game, which hurts more than, you know, hearing that you had 51 or 71 or any points because you, you know, you want the championship and that's what it, the game's all about so uh overall cool experience though something i'll cherish forever and the ne next year was like almost the opposite type of game yeah the, the first so, year there's a lot of points being scored and then the next game was just uh, i don't know so yeah game. i mean that that game was just uh i tell you it's a thorn in my side and i'm 43 years old almost um <laughs> i have never watched that game start to finish i i, I swear on my kids um it's just so in pregame introductions, uh, we used to always do, you know, the, the jumping around and all that crap. And my hand actually dinged the cameraman who was doing the introductions. And like right on my knuckle here that I'm showing you, um, it didn't hurt. It just wouldn't stop bleeding. And, you know, that was, of course, when if you had blood on your jersey or if you had blood anywhere, you couldn't come in the game. And, you know, there wasn't really the, the glue and all the fun stuff that they have nowadays where you just kind of patch it up in yeah, 10 seconds yeah. and get back out there. So, uh, yeah, craziest thing ever. I mean, it just uh, it was a unfortunate scenario where I bumped into that guy. So I was kind of in and out of the game. We kind of wrapped it up with uh, some some pre-wrap and some tape and stuff. And it just wasn't doing its job. So we pulled myself out, went in, got some stitches at halftime and, uh, you know, came back in the yeah. second half and. It really took me until about the fourth quarter of that game to really get back into like just a, a groove, if you want to call it that. And I think I only ended up maybe nine points or something like that. It was it was bizarre. I think it was the only game in my varsity career that I didn't score ten or more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catch, it was, yeah. it was. But you know, they, I, I'm a firm believer things happen for a reason. I don't know why, but. It's still, uh, right. it ticks me off to this day, but, uh, you know, congratulations to that team. But I still think we beat them 99 out of 100 times if I'm healthy. And then you, you made the championship in football. Too. Yeah. So talk about it. It's a different Yeah, of absolutely. Path, right? uh, so Spring Valley Hall actually, you know, coming up when I was that age, freshman, you know, 1994, 95-ish, uh, I had a brother a couple years older than me. He was more of a football than a basketball player. So 
you know, definitely always following his career and just kind of watching, you know, what the varsity football team did as a kid growing up. That was the, I mean, that's Friday night lights. And I'm, I'm telling you when you, when we had a home game back in the day, you went downtown spring Valley and it was pitch black. I mean, everybody was at the ball game and uh, it was cool, you know? So like growing up, you still wanted to be a part of that. And I was never a big kid. You guys knew that. I mean, I was 180 pounds soaking wet. And, uh, you know, that was probably, you know, bumping up my weight a little bit just for the program's sake. But um, as far as the football goes, yeah, we uh, we had a nice run of uh, consecutive years in the playoffs there. And uh, I believe it was my sophomore year, which would have been my brother's senior year. They broke through and actually got down to the state championship game. It was an unbelievable game. We were actually getting beat by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. We came back, uh, won the championship that year. I was not a major asset on that team. I played some special teams and stuff like that, but, uh, you know, I wasn't the starting quarterback by no means until my junior year. Right. And then we actually uh, we got right back down there my junior year, which would have been uh, 97, I believe, and uh, we got second place that year. We got beat by uh, a team from down south, Carterville, I believe it was. Um, and then my senior year, Funny enough, we had a probably a better team than we did our junior year, but uh, we ended up getting tripped up in the uh, quarterfinals that year. But uh, just a fun run, a lot of a lot of great athletes that um, you know went on to play in college. I think we had four or five Division One athletes and a handful of others that went D two and even junior college, and ended up having really nice careers. So it was a lot of fun football. I'm so glad I ended up sticking it out and playing football because my senior year I was really close to not playing. And, um, you know, we had a, a really good run and just a lot of fun with a lot of buddies. All right. So then how did you get to ISU? Yeah. So, um, so lead back to the uh, junior year state basketball. Um, I think I kind of popped some eyes that year with the 51 point performance. And, you know, going into that summer, I did a, a bunch of camps. You know, we, we weren't fortunate enough like these kids are now where, you know, it's AAU every weekend. It's social yeah. media, you know, they can blow yeah. themselves up pretty quickly and, and get noticed. Um, we, we, again, as we were talking earlier today, you made a kind of a mixtape or whatever on a VHS that might have been four minutes long mm-hmm. and you ship it out to 50, you know, schools or whatever and you, for one or two yeah. of them to yeah. contact you. Well, uh, that summer I played a couple camps down in Peoria. I think I went down to uh, St. Louis area and even one up in the Chicago suburbs and they were, uh, you know, we played in the Morris shootout, which is pretty well known over the summer. And, uh, you know, coming back from a state championship appearance and my team that was coming back my senior year, we had a lot of eyes on us anyway, just because we had a, a really good team, a strong core coming back. We were preseason number one in the state and just a lot of eyes on me. And, you know, fortunately for me, my teammates, you know, they were always great about, you know, making sure that not even making sure, but just you know, knowing that I was the go-to guy and, um, you know, they, they knew that I was going to reciprocate that at every possible, you know, chance, but, uh, you know, I was, I was the key focus and, you know, teams knew that coming in and we saw a lot of boxing ones and all that stuff, but, uh, we worked well as a, as a group, but, um, throughout the season started seeing a little bit more attention just from, uh, you know, local in-state colleges, a little bit up in Wisconsin, the recruiting thing didn't really pick up until about halfway through my senior year, to be 100% honest. I thought at one point I was probably going to go to Wisconsin Green Bay. They were the, the heavy hitter at the time. Um, I had some family. I had uh, a girlfriend at the time that was going to school in Chicago, so I was 
kind of hoping to be a little bit more local. And then, uh, you know, Tom Richardson and, and the staff with ISU, I think they came up to a couple games late in the season. Uh, Might have been even like regional sectional time and apparently liked what they saw because I got a, a call the next day and, and, an, and an offer shortly after that. So, um, yeah. yeah, they came in late, guys, um, and I'm glad they did because at the time, you know, and not that we didn't have a good run, but, uh, you know, they were coming off back-to-back years in the tournament. They had a great yeah, team, yeah. Uh, great core guys. I remember going down there on my visit, you know, with a bunch of those guys hanging out with them and, you know, going to a game, and it was just a great atmosphere. Um, I, I don't regret anything. That was the, the best decision in my life was going down to Illinois State. So Stallings wasn't impressed with your quarterback? I don't think so. You know, I will say this much. They did give me a little bit of credit for being uh, at least, you know, tough to play football, but um, it wasn't for anything other than that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Big Sean, making the transition from small school to D1, like we were just talking off air, you know, you were saying how tough it was. It's tough even at a big school, right? I mean, you're you're kid coming out of high school you have no idea so explain to us what no idea means to you yeah yeah i tell you what i even tell some of the local kids once in a while when i talk to either them or their parents i'm like just be ready you know because we got a we got a kid and i'm not going to mention names or nothing but we got a kid locally going down to u of i for football next year and uh he he's a heck of an athlete but i just warned their parents and warned him a little bit like hey just be prepared because you know, no longer are you going to be the best player. You know, everybody's the best player from every team, which, you know, it's hard to accept at first. It really is because it goes from being easy to, wow, I need to really get my ass in the gym. And like you mentioned a second ago in the weight room and start, you know, taking this like a lot more serious. But, um, you know, it was challenging. Um, I still had confidence when I went down there, but I realized quickly that, um, you know, the work was going to have to get put in. And, you know, like when I mentioned uh, a second ago, uh, I was kind of surprised I wasn't redshirted, to be honest with you. But a couple injuries happened, I think, uh, a few games into the season, and I got thrown at a fire, which was perfect. Um, It does nothing but gives you confidence. But, um, you know, coming from a small school like Spring Valley, I think we had 405-ish our entire school most of the college are coming from that in their class or more, you know, where it's 2000 or, or more coming from a high school. Um, you know, we played against schools that had, uh, you know, seven total kids on their back. You know, we're, we're from rural USA and that's cool though. I mean, and that's what I'm proud of. And I, I don't, you know, regret any of that. That's, it is what it is. It just made it a little bit more, you know, challenging at the beginning of my career down there. But, um, yeah, uh, the first month, I thought, what the hell did I get myself into? But, you know, again, it was, you know, the, the trial and error part of it was, was pretty cool to go through. It's it's uh, frustrating at times. It's obviously challenging, like I mentioned. But, um, you know, once you get over that hump, you just you realize to yourself how, how great it really is. And, um, you know, I don't know if you want to go into the coaching thing right now, guys, but... 
you know. Yeah, let's roll right into that, right? You, so you go from you, go, you walk in, you got Kevin yep. Stallings, right? So there's your you, you go from high school, and my high school coach was a father figure to I get to a college coach who isn't really a father yep. figure. They want production out of you. So talk about Kevin. Yeah. Coach I was Stallings. fortunate to play for um, you know a couple of coaches up here, not only in basketball but also football. That um, it was kind of their way or the highway which that's that's good like it, it created a lot of mental toughness for me um mm -hmm. i think that was one thing that probably kept me from leaving isu because there's no doubt it was in your mind the first couple of weeks or the first couple months <laughs> of how hard it is and it's like am i really cut out for this and you know you reflect back to high school and you know what you did to get through things like that and you know my coach eric bryant he was he was hard on me just because i was quote unquote you know, one of the better players or the best player or whatever, he didn't just give it to me, you know, he, he made me earn it. And I respect him to this day for that. And I still see him occasionally. And I, I tell him those things, but, um, you know, going down to school, it was, it, I'm not going to beat around the bush. He was almost a mirror image of what Kevin Stallings was. And oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. Good. But, uh, <laughs> to an extent now, because <laughs> uh, Kevin had a lot more intimidation, uh, <laughs> there was times he was walking down them stairs from the coaching office and you just knew it was going to be one of those days for practice. And, uh, you know, you buckled up your seatbelt and you just gave it your all. But, uh, you know, again, uh, I respect that. I mean, I, I liked playing for Kevin. I thought you had to earn everything that you got down there, which was exactly how it should be. He didn't give any freebies. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, that, that teaches you, you know, hard work. It builds a work ethic for you, not even, you know, necessarily just for sports, but in just life in general. And, uh, you know, leading into when Coach Rich took over, I would say he was a little bit more laid back. Um, he was more of an offensive guy than a defensive guy, which, of course, played right up my, uh, my alley. But, um, you know, Tom. He came from high school, Brother Rice, so. I mean, did he relate to those Yeah. Because um, he was closer to the high school a little bit? I would agree or? with that. Yeah, I would, Steve, for sure. I would say that he um, he definitely was a little bit more personable with us, um, which, you know, is understandable. I mean, Kevin was there for a lot of years prior to that. And, uh, you know, he had tons of offers to go to bigger schools. He was a, he was a big draw there for a while. He, I think he could have went to Tennessee and a couple other places and decided to stay one more year, if I'm not mistaken. And that's when he went down to Vanderbilt. So, mm -hmm. Um, ultimate respect for both of those guys. Uh, to this day, I, I respect the fact that they gave me the opportunity. Um, it was, you know, lucky for me. It came in, you know, at the end of our recruiting period, and it, and it worked out. But, um, you know, I'm glad it did. So, did you ever get the Kevin Stalling stare? Like, we, oh, you know, how he used to stare at uh, just right. Did, did he do that in oh, practice, yeah. or was he more vocal uh, in practice? Well, he was vocal for sure, but um, there there was no shortage of the stare. <laughs> Like, it just went through you. Like, you, oh, you could feel it, right? I, I agree with that 100%. <laughs> and, and if he yeah. ever sees this, I hope he takes that as a compliment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My guess is he's probably yeah, not watching these. But, yeah, more than likely, though. I, I, I had a football coach that, like, he was very vocal at Yale. But then he would just, when he was really mad, he just stared yeah. at you. And that was worse than getting yelled at. It was just like, <laughs> say something. I agree. And, you know, even going back to my high school coach, he had a little bit of that in him as well. And he is actually um, the dad of one of my good friends that played on that team. So, you know, he was he was a coach, but he was a dad. But he was, you know, whether he wanted to admit it or not, he was kind of a, a friend as well, especially after. You know. 
So, um, yeah, just overall, just lucky to have great coaches in my life throughout high school and college. All right, so let's roll into the, you know, your shot selection, right? We talked about this a little bit off air, right? We've just talked about three coaches that were huge in yep. your life. Um, not all players have good shot selection. Um, I can't ever remember a time you not taking good shots. So talk to us about your mindset yeah. and why Why was this important? Well, to you? I think uh, even coming up in high school, um, I was brought up to the varsity when I was a freshman, but it was only the tail end of the year. I think I played four or five games my freshman year, which, which was good. I mean, it kind of broke the ice, if you want to call it that, going into my sophomore year. Um, as we knew we were, you know, me and about three of my buddies that were all sophomores, we knew we were getting pulled up. Um, you know, we had a, a pretty strong core of kids in that sophomore, junior year. Um, just like I was mentioning to you guys earlier about how we made it to state, you know, those two uh, final years of my high school career. But, um, you know, shot selection to me was always important simply because in high school I would get taken out if I didn't take a good shot. Um, it was that simple. I mean, so it, it's a discipline and it's actually just a mentality that stuck with me throughout the course of my career simply because of how I was brought up. And I was probably more afraid to miss than actually make a shot just because it, <laughs> just because I knew I was going to take good shots 90% of the time. In, right. And again, going back to the high school thing, um, he, he didn't like flashiness. He didn't like, you know, three-pointers that much, but over time you kind of earn his trust and you know, things start going in and then he starts telling you to take more three-pointers. <laughs> so, right, uh, right, right, you know, right. like going into college, I think that first year when you start taking, uh, you know, shots, you just don't want to miss. You don't want to let your teammates down. You don't want to quote unquote, right. take a bad shot because you don't want to get taken out of the game. Either, you know, and at that point in time in my career, I was probably getting 10 to 15 minutes a game at the early uh, parts of it. So uh, I was trying to make the most of it. I was taking the wide open ones or breakaways or whatever it you know came to it. But um, that was always my mentality. I just wanted to I wanted to make sure it was a good shot because if I did miss, then it wasn't a big deal. You know? And it's not that you were scared to miss. It's just it was more of a have some confidence in me, keep me out there because I promise I'm not going to miss too. You know? That was and that was just my mentality right, because right. I put the work in and I knew that you know. I wasn't going to probably miss him at all if I was wide open. Well, and, and I would argue from a big man's perspective, those that take the good shots that aren't fading yeah. and leading, those shots seem to bounce and then stay close to the basket. They're reboundable sure. mm -hmm. shots. Some of those jacking up those crazy ones, they go carrying off every which way but can't yeah. get, right, and become a team rebound for the other team. Well, I don't need that. So, and just to speak to that, right, your sophomore year, you led, and I'm looking up at the screen, you led your team, the Illinois State Redbirds, with 51.7%. Your junior year, you led with 54.7%, and then got beat by a big, like me, who just shoots you know, Boba Car. Shouldn't even count. Boba Car, Shouldn't but, even count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, I mean, it's hard to not agree with that, right? Because... I think I took four or five 15 footers in my entire career besides right. free throws. And, you know, um, you well, did shoot. shooting percentage. If you play with a guard like Tyrese. Oh, exactly. 
You know, and that's that's the thing. Talk about off off balance shots. I mean, he he took. He was different, right? And he would take yeah. those off balance shots and all over the floor. But he uh, he also he could make them it. too, though. <laughs> Oh my God! No, he made yeah. it right, but there's a reason why he's got floor, that many yeah. points as he's got. Yeah, right? no, to to go to that point though, Steve. Um, you know, and and this isn't. I know these questions are kind of directed to me personally, so I don't want to leave out teammates at all because without them, you know, you don't have. I mean, if you want to call teammates, yeah, I'm called out, right? I mean, and this is this is a great point because when Therese was on, you know, the team, and and when he wasn't injured that last year, my life was simple. It was sit in the corner or sit on the wing, and, you know, if he didn't get to the hoop and lay it up, which he was great at, or get fouled, he would find me, and he was great at that. And he had this instinct and this ability to find me on the weak side, and all I had to do was step up and shoot a jumper. I mean, I mean, t- tell me how much easier your life can be if, you know, somebody's penetrating, drawing two or three guys, and you're just standing there shooting wide-open threes. I probably should have made more of them. But yeah, but it, yeah. it helps him too because so you guys were a perfect match yeah. in my opinion okay because you open up the floor yep. for him because if you're not a threat and you don't make those shots and you made him collapse rate, down okay they collapse yeah. down so so you guys fit together really yeah well. and it took you know I'll, right. I'll be honest like that freshman year we didn't really click too well um, my freshman year that was I think he was a redshirt freshman at the time and then our sophomore year it just yeah. started it. it clicked like you mentioned i mean we we would be on opposite wings sometimes and as you mentioned they couldn't really sag off me when he was driving and even sometimes when i got to the hoop i mean it was easy for me to kick out and uh you know he didn't miss too many wide open ones either and you know there there there's plenty of other guys on our team that you know contributed to this but boy did he make life easy there for a while yeah and he talked about you too in his episode right episode 19 and so yeah um you two were a great team. Oh, that's just. And, well, I think the other thing that happened your junior year, right? You, you, you started, guys got a presence inside, too. We did. So you see the difference now, right, in, in the record, right? So you got the outside shooting, you got someone that can create, penetrate, yep. score at all three levels, and now you have the inside. Yeah, you bring in Boo. In the record. Yep, we brought in Boo that year, so we had a little bit of height finally. Shedrick. Um, you know, we had Randy as our facilitator, the point guard that year. You know, then we just had a deeper bench, yeah. which. You know, we didn't have that our first two years, uh, you know, for my class, that is, my freshman and sophomore year. All right, Sean, we were laughing off air about how my family paraded around Southern got nowhere. And you said the same story, but uh, for a really crappy university on I-74. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the story is, uh, you know, so obviously, you know, went down to ISU and uh, I have a relative that actually played down at Bradley and uh, once he heard that I committed down to Illinois State he, he was less than pleased I'll use that terminology um, my, my great uncle uh, Raymond Mack he played down at Bradley in the early 60s I believe and uh, it's it's a fun story now to laugh about I just saw him not too long ago we still kind of tease each other about ISU Bradley and the whole rival rivalry but uh, you know looking back it was kind of funny because he was really pushing for me to go down there and i i know for a fact he made some phone calls and you know they didn't want to give me the time of the day so you know again things worked out in in the right way so absolutely (laughs) so talk about the bradley game right so they don't recruit you yep so it's time to stick it to them right right yeah um i do recall one game in in uh my junior year i believe uh we we both have pretty good teams that year um 
don't know exactly the stat line. It's not a major issue, but I know I had somewhere in the twenties and we ended up beating Bradley that year. And I just remember the crowd support that game and just how many, obviously Bradley's red too, but just how many red and white jerseys in the student section. And, you know, the crowd support was just amazing. That was one of the easily one of the top two um, home games that I recall was that game. And, uh, it had to be a sellout, and if it wasn't, it had to be, you know, within the hundreds that it wasn't. Yeah, so it was just fun. It's it's one of those games that, um, you know, you stick with and you just kind of remember, you know, tidbits and shots. And I know for a fact I made, like, the first shot of the game, and I remember seeing, like, the white confetti falling down from the student yeah. section. And, you know, 25 years later, you still remember stuff like that, so that's pretty cool. And then you talked about the Southern game. Yeah. Right? We had to fact check you. Um, 24 points, nine assists. Yep. So, and you didn't even lead scoring. You know, your sidekick led the scoring for that one. But talk about the Southern game. Yeah, absolutely. 88-77 win. Yeah, but we were down on the road. I know Southern had a pretty strong team that year. And, you know, nothing better than winning on the road in the Valley. Right, guys? All you guys know that. Oh, yeah, um, God, yes. You know, and especially against a rival. And I know they're not our top rival, but we went down there. You know, guns were blazing. I think we spoke off air there that we scored in the upper 80s that game. And, uh, you know, Therese was hitting everything. I got, you know, to a chance to chip in, you know, mid-20s and some yeah, nice assists yeah. with Tyrese and everybody else. And just a great yeah. quality win. And uh, nothing better than, you know, taking that short flight home and celebrating <laughs> a, a conference win against, a, a you know, a team like Southern. So what's more fun playing in front of like 9,000, 10,000 fans, Bradley, mm -hmm. home game, everyone just going crazy, or going to a, a arena that, and disquieting 8,000 fans? Wow, that's was... that's a great question. Um, I think anybody would say that the home crowd is the best. Um, yeah. But, you know, my mentality is, and I've always kind of liked being the underdog, and I, I loved playing on the road, and there was nothing better than, you know, the crowd giving you, you know, a bunch of crap and then you just kind of turn around and wink at them or something after you hit a shot just to kind of silence the whole gym. Because um, that happened a few times over my career. And believe me, I was – if Tyrese wasn't the first one, I was the second one on the list for the opposing team to get, you know, a lot of bickering. Absolutely. And that's yeah. that's fine. I was used to it coming up from high school and everything. But uh, they, they were both unique in a way. But uh, to answer the question, I would say definitely home. Yeah. There's something you have to admit when you're on the road and they're loud to begin with yep. and all of a sudden they're just booing and quiet. It's just something yeah. empowering in that moment, right? Yeah. Not that the, the the energy you get from your own crowd, but man, to suck their energy is just, yeah, it's awesome. I remember little things, even like down at South uh, Southwest Missouri State, which I know they're called Missouri State or whatever now. Certain guys in the crowd, they would have these spinny things. They're trying to screw with you when you're shooting a free throw. And uh, they used to do this, you know, I think they stood until, like, we scored a basket and then the crowd was yeah. hit or something. And just annoying crap like that. But, um, you know, you, you remember that stuff. And now you watch it on TV from time to time and you're like, damn, I remember being there and sit down. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> A lot of fun experiences on the road. The Valley was always a really cool place to play. Um, you know, the conference has changed up so drastically now, but um, the Creightons of the world, the Wichita States, those were, you know, just awful places to play. They were so hard. They had such a home court advantage, but um, I always look forward to playing there for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Kyle Kyle Corver was at Creighton, right? Yeah. Yep. Did you did you ever get the uh, privilege of getting to guard him? Or? Yeah, I think uh, you know, not by you know a setup or the game plan by no means because he was kind of a small forward in a sense, but played yeah. two guard if you want to call it that, point guard, point forward, whatever they call it now. Um, dude was unreal. I mean, I I specifically recall the. Um, Missouri Valley tournament the last year that he was in uh, college, him just coming over half court and just, I mean, 30, 35 feet multiple times in a row. And it's like, now you see Steph Curry and these guys doing that. But I mean, back then, 20 some years ago, nobody was doing that stuff. Right, it was right. uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. He was, well, you know what? He was a good athlete and he was, he was a good competitor and he was fun to play against and he wasn't arrogant or nothing like that. So, um, you know, did we like him? No, because he killed us all the yeah. time. But <laughs> I got I got the ultimate respect for that guy. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's an MVC uh, three point shooting contest. <laughs> you or him are in the finals. Who's going to win? And I'm, I'm an and there's awfully, no one in front of you. I'm an awfully confident guy, but <laughs> but I don't know if I could shoot against Kyle Culver when he gets hot. Man, he was he was one of the best to lace him up as far as shooting threes, but. Uh, yeah. I'd never count myself out, but I don't know if I'd give myself the nod. He's he played professionally, and you know I cheered for him when he was on the Bulls and everything else. But uh, hell of a shooter, he really was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you a gym rat in, in high school, or? Uh, yeah, I would call myself that. I mean, I. It's funny. I got two young kids now, and I kind of tell them stories about what I used to do when I practiced, and uh, you know they they kind of look at me funny, like they don't believe me, but. We didn't have all the technology and all this stuff that, you know, the kids are, you know, spoiled rotten with these days. But our technology was where are we playing the next game at? You know, like who's who's playing pickup or who's playing sandlot football or wiffle ball? I mean, that was literally our life. And, you know, the older I got, I kind of specialized in basketball. But, um, you know, there wasn't a day that I didn't have a basketball in my hands, especially when I was in high school and, and even my, you know, three or four years down at, at ISU, there was, if I came home for the night, it was pick up at the Y. It was, you know, three on three down at the park or something like that just to stay in shape. So, yeah, I mean. Did you eat Jimmy Chitwood where you're sitting out by the, <laughs> but I mean, you grew up in a rural area. I did. Right? I did. Funny you, enough. You're my, out there shooting by yourself. <laughs> yeah, there was no doubt. My dad, uh, so funny enough, our house, we were kind of like up on a hillside. And uh, Mazo can attest to this. He's been at my parents' house before. And, uh, you know, our driveways, you know, arched up. So if you missed badly, you were taking a hike after the ball pretty frequently. There you go. So <laughs> it made you not miss very often or, or at least have somebody rebound for you if you were smart enough. But then my mom and dad were uh, gracious enough to put a, a hoop and a cement slab in the backyard. So it worked out a lot better for us. But, yeah, there wasn't uh, – and this is no lie. I don't say this to make it sound like it's some type of uh, – fairy tale or whatever like after games in grade school and that my mom and dad were kind of hard on me if i missed a couple free throws or an an easy shot i'd go out and shoot 50 free throws after we got home from the game in the pitch black and that's that's no joke um but it makes you a better player and it and it teaches you a work ethic and and i still have those you know things that are with me to this day yeah awesome all right so let's talk about the drake game Maz was on. We called out Maz a couple times during this episode. Maz was on episode six, uh, and he claims, this is Chad Mazanowski speaking. I'm speaking for him. He's a big like me, so I think I get a free pass on this. 
But he claims that that awesome shot in that Drake game, you're dribbling away from the basket, and you were supposed to actually catch and shoot yeah. in the corner. So is Maz full of shit, or is that what not happened? Well, I'll be honest with you guys. I mean, the, <laughs> the play was called up for exactly what he said. But, you know, I, if I recall, I mean, there was a little bit of a – uh, I think the guy tried to switch or like step out or something. Or yeah, an arm yeah. was in the way or, you know, half a body or whatever you want to call it, a leg. And when I received the ball, that was the initial play was to, you know, either take a dribble and try to get a quick shot off or just get the hand off and jump up and shoot. And I don't exactly remember how many seconds. It wasn't many, maybe three or four seconds left on the clock. Right, right. And yeah, I just kind of took one or two more dribbles and I had to kind of crown out and, it definitely wasn't how it was drawn up. <laughs> uh, how it went in and how it went in, you know, that perfectly, I don't know. Did it feel good when it left the hand? You know, you know, as a shooter, when it leaves a the hand, there's sometimes you're like, yeah, I got this. And there's other times when it leaves a hand, you're already calling off yeah. because you know it's off. I mean, I knew it was heading towards the right vicinity. I honestly didn't know if I had enough to get it there. That's what it felt like. Okay. So, I mean... Okay. Did I think it was short? Yeah, but I didn't really know if I got it all the way there. And I'll be honest, when I landed, I didn't really see it go in. You, you hear, the, wow. you hear the express, you know, the, the applause and the crowd, and whatever else, and then the teammates come running out. And obviously, you know, it did. But um, yeah, I mean, when I shot it, there was kind of you know an arm or two in the way, and just the way the whole momentum was taking me and and the fadeaway, you know, movement of it. It was just like, oh, shit, kind of get oh, – sorry, I didn't mean to curse, but um, – I already swore. You know, right. you, you were good. You <laughs> throw it up there and you just kind of hope that it gets there and gives us a chance, and, you know, obviously it did. And, you know, it was, it was a pretty special moment that I got to share with not only my teammates and coaches, but my family was there and um, just just really cool. I mean, it was neat. And then your, your teammates rushed the floor and you – your next thought is you hope someone like Pemberton doesn't jump on you, right? <laughs> or Mazanowski, right? Man. Yeah, we had some big boys on our team too. I know John boys. Uh, yeah, John boys up there, but we had a couple big boys too. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was surreal. I, I, I don't know how else to put it, guys. I mean, it was just a really cool, uh, unbelievable moment that you know, thankfully we were a part of. It's it's pretty neat to see on the highlights when you go down to games, and even I think they replay it down there from time to time, but. Uh, you know, unfortunately, every game, every game we get to <laughs> see. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. unfortunately, you know, we didn't fare too well the next game. Uh, we were just speaking of Mr. Corver not too long ago, and they came out and gave yeah. us a pretty good shellac in the last game, and that was the the end of our careers. But uh, what a way to go out and just uh, overall just a fun fun experience down there. Missouri Valley tournaments, uh, you know, bar none in my opinion. I I still think it's a blast to go down there. It is. It is. So. All right, man, this is, again, thank you for being on. This is where we wrap this up. We give you a chance to end this. Uh, any closing statements, thoughts, ideas? Yeah, no, I just, well, thanks again for uh, the invite, number one. It was great to catch up with you guys. Um, it's always good when, you know, Illinois State keeps me in mind. Uh, I feel like it truly is a family down there. Um, I wish I was able to, and I'm going to, you know, try to make a concerted effort to, be more, uh, you know, transparent with being down there and in front of the, the program. I uh, try to make it at least once or twice a year to games. Uh, I got, again, I know I've repeated this like five times, but I have some young boys that 
You got some they, good boys. They yeah. love sports. Yeah. Uh, my oldest is six. My youngest is four. Uh, they, you know, they're both engaged in sports. Um, the little one is just getting into t-ball, so he's just experienced it. But my oldest boy, he's got my attitude, and my competitiveness. So um, he loves sports, loves basketball, and uh, I can't wait to share this experience with him uh, when we get down there and you know let him soak that in. It's it's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I love going down there seeing you guys. I still like going down there and seeing Mazzo. Um, you know, I know there's a couple other guys that float around from time to time. I try my best to go over and talk to Mike Matthews and the guys on the radio and yep, uh, yep. just keep everybody, you know, fresh on the mind because it, it truly is and was an awesome experience being a part of the, the Redbird family. So if there's anything that I can ever do to jump back on or, or help with you guys, I'd, I'd love to do that because uh, you guys have always been great to me and uh, I love talking today. And if there's anything I can do, let me know. Yep. All right, so this is episode 31 with Sean Jepson, my man. Man, he could shoot the rock. So with that, we are taking it out.